Echo Beach by Martha and the Muffins. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM where we're joined by Richard for another one of our Get to Know Your Lecturer segments. How are you today? Hello, hello. Um, thanks for having me. No worries at all. What do you teach here at UNE, Richard? So, uh, yes, yeah, so it's Richard Jordan is my is my full name. If you want to look me up and look up <laughs> what the units that I teach. Um, uh, I teach a playwriting and screenwriting course in trimester two, which is called Writing for Performance. Um, which is really exciting. Um, we're sort of rolling that out for the first time this year to have some screenwriting elements. Uh, I teach a theatre history course, which looks at sort of experiments in 20th and 21st century theatre um, called Theatre 111. Uh, I direct the major productions sort of every two years or so. And I also run a public speaking course called Speaking in Public Theatre uh, 134 or Theatre 234. That's a pretty important one for people to have under their tool belt as well. Yeah, absolutely. We really promote that unit in particular. I mean, look, all of our units can be taken as an elective by anyone in the university. Um, and that includes some fabulous units that my colleague Julie Shearer runs as well. Um, the Actors' Craft and uh, Ideas of uh, Theatre One, which is running this trimester. That's my other plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, speaking in public is something that people from across the entire um, university can benefit from. We've had some fantastic students over the years from agriculture, um, uh, from the health sciences, um, psychology, um, you name it, people are studying it and they come to our unit and they learn how to be more confident um, communicators, which is a really important skill in your professional life, but also in your personal life as well. Anyone who's been asked to speak at a wedding at the last minute uh, knows what I'm talking about. Absolutely. What's something about theatre or theatre studies that everyone thinks, but it's just plain wrong? I think the number one misconception about um, theatre studies at UNE is that you have to audition. You do not have to audition to do a theatre studies unit here. And uh, you also very commonly don't need a prerequisite to study one of our units. So you can take most of our units as an elective, no matter what you're studying. Well, that's pretty useful as well. So we welcome all. Um, what's the best thing about your job? Uh, I really think the best thing about my job, and maybe a lot of lecturers say this, but um, certainly in theatre, you get to sort of witness it in a much more kind of um, in the moment, is, is seeing students grow and develop and really come into their own. You know, they, they mm. sort of grow in confidence. A lot of our students come to us first trimester, first year, they're very shy, they've <laughs> been through, you know, they've survived the schooling system and they come to us and they're still working out who they are and, and what their voice is. And they really, watching a student develop and find their voice, um, whether it be literally, you know, in public speaking or all through their writing, if they're, if they're writing or through their, the way that they craft something, if they're directing one of our shows, seeing them grow as an artist is, is really beautiful and exciting to watch. Is there a worst part about your job? Uh, probably the admin. There's a lot of admin <laughs> that's invisible that a lot of students don't know about, and it's certainly the most boring part of the job. <laughs> but necessary, <laughs> necessary. What's the one thing that students in your units can do to get a better grade? Uh, read the play. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, pull my collar a little bit there. <laughs> Uh, and maybe also draft a bit more. There's a, quite a few students end up, you know, sent, submitting something that you can tell has been written the night before. And if they'd just given themselves an extra few days, they would have done a lot better. Hmm. Let's learn a little bit more about you. What was your PhD in? So it was on something called posthumanism um, and its impact on contemporary theatre. So posthumanism 
Uh, look, it's quite a lot of things, but the branch of posthumanism that I was interested in was the study of uh, the symbiotic relationship between humans and technology. So you might have heard the phrase, we make our tools and thereafter our tools make us. So what's the, the impact that technology has on our sense of what it means to be human and on our relationships as well? So I was interested in exploring um, how playwrights and contemporary theatre makers are exploring this issue of um, digital identity, digital relationships in the most analogue um, you know, art form of all, the theatre. So that's what I was, uh, I was sort of, I wrote a new play, I'm a playwright, so I wrote a new play about that issue, but then I was also creating a new, a new genre of theatre as well. Yep. There you go, <laughs> creating a new genre of theatre. I was feeling what... ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favourite time of day? Favourite time of day would definitely be uh, 10.30 in the morning. That's, okay. I know it's very specific. Isn't it? <laughs> I just love that time of day. Uh, I wish it was 10.30 all day. I love it. Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are you listening to at the moment? And it doesn't have to be music. So uh, I am learning to be a better cook. I haven't always been the best cook. Um, and something that I do enjoy listening to as I cook these days is uh, a BBC radio show. A lot of people have heard of it called Desert Island Discs. Um, it's a famous show that's been running since the 50s, and now you can listen to it as a podcast through whatever service you like. I listen to it through Spotify. Um, and the idea is that there's a, you know, someone t- picking their, their eight favorite um, tracks that they would take with them if they were marooned on a desert island and they had to save some originally physical records or, or CDs um, from, the, from a shipwreck and take it with them to the island. And, um, and through that process, you hear about their life and you hear about the music that they listen to. And um, it's just fascinating, a very relaxing way to cook. <laughs> okay. Very interesting. Um, what would be your dream research location? So actually, I've already been to my dream research location and I would love to go back. So I'm going to tell you about this place, which really does exist. It sounds like it's out of a fairy tale. Um, It's called the McDowell Colony and it's in the woods in New Hampshire in the United States. Um, And it was founded in 1907 by this married couple called the McDowells. And um, the, the wife of this couple, she was uh, an artist. And so the husband built this sort of studio for her on, his, on their farm for her to work in. And then over, over the years, that one little studio grew into now there's about 30 different individual cabins throughout the woodlands that the organization has. Obviously, the, the couple died years ago, but it's now a privately run organization. And uh, they have artists come and visit them and have residencies in one of these sort of log cabins in the middle of the woods um, all through the year. And every type of artist you can think of. So I went there as a playwright in sort of 2012, 2013. But they have, um, you know, writers of all all kinds and novelists and poets. They have visual artists, filmmakers, um, choreographers. musicians, you name it, they congregate at McDowell. And what happens is you can stay there for between two weeks and two months. And I was there for a month. They pay for everything. They paid for my flights there. They paid for the food that you get there, the accommodation. They paid my rent back in Australia while I was away. (laughs) It's all run by very wealthy New Yorkers, very wealthy New Yorkers. And uh, so I was there for a month working on uh, a draft of a play I was working on at the time. And during the day, so you're sort of working on your own in your own little cabin. And I was there in winter. It was very cold. And this old man who'd worked there for 30, 40 years would drive around to all the individual cabins with uh, this little basket full of goodies for you for your lunch. And they would have little 
um, uh, a little hot pot as well. And uh, and then at dinner, you would sort of tra- tramp through the woods um, and everyone would congregate in the main kind of dining room um, cabin and uh, and you'd catch up with other artists and after dinner there'd be presentations, you'd share what you're working on. It was the most stimulating, amazing environment and I would love to go back there one day. Wow, okay. Mm. That's very intriguing. Um, what were you good at and not good at when you were a student? Um, so when I was a student, uh, <laughs> it's funny, uh, I should practice what I preach more when I was a student. So I said before that, you know, students should draft more. Um, something that I was quite bad at was just that. Um, <laughs> and I remember once, um, this is 20 years ago now, um, when I was in first year, um, it was my first semester, first year, I had three essays for three different subjects due on the same day. And this is before uh, electronic submissions. So you had to physically hand in a printout copy of your essay. It was typed up, it wasn't written down, but you know, it, was, it was still, you had to physically hand it in and it was due at 5 p.m., which was when the office closed. And, uh, and this was in Brisbane where I'm from and uh, I had to catch two buses to get to my, um, uh, to my uh, university. And uh, the, I'd stayed up the whole night before writing three different essays and I just got to the submission office within about 10 minutes to spare, getting those essays in. And I look back going, why did I do that to myself? That was so unnecessarily stressful, but anyway. <laughs> wow. Especially not being able to just click a button. That is such, such an unnecessary stress. It was quite the adventure. It was very, I don't know, Raiders of the Lost Ark or something, trying to get there in time, you know. But anyway, I made it. <laughs> so that was bad. Don't do what I did. <laughs> yeah. What We might go with one more question. Mm. What do you wish you knew when you were starting at university that you would say to your first-year students today? I would say that uh, it's such a time of change, you know, first year such a massive time of change, which is exciting and terrific. Um, but it's really important to stay true to yourself. Um, so I think it's there's sort of two things that you're trying to do. You're trying to push your own boundaries and work out, you know, what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with in terms of who you are. Um, and also just sort of expanding your horizons, which is really important. Um, but all, overall, it should be a process of finding yourself um, at uni, not sort of forgetting who you are. So try to stay true to yourself during that process is something that uh, I think is useful to keep in mind. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. Plenty more lecturers coming in to grace us with their presence for the rest of this afternoon and this week. This is Lights Up by Harry Styles.